Okay. Uh, so we are turning to then Ephesians chapter one, and I just want to speak on the first two verses today. Uh, it's important, I think, to look at the law. Sometimes we can spend a lot of time thinking about what we are to do and uh, what God requires of us and what God will do for us. And that makes us centered, doesn't it? It makes, makes the whole uh, thought of our meeting self-centered human-centered rather than God-centered. And I think it's very important sometimes to turn to the doctrines of scriptures and see the Lord and who he is. After all, he is our rock, he is our strength, um, he is our hiding place. And if we don't know him or what he's like, then we miss out on an awful lot. And we might live our lives trying to please him, but we are also called to enjoy him as the first Catechism says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Therefore, we need to know something about him. And so it's a good thing to look toward him. Remember, when Peter looked around the winds and the waves and what he could do, he failed, began to sink because he discovered and knew that he could not walk on water. And that was what he was doing. But when he looked back to Christ, then he began to walk on water. So I want to think about the Lord, and this chapter of Ephesians is certainly uh, very much about the Lord, and indeed a lot of the book of Ephesians is a doctrine concerning Christ, so I think we're going to start a new study here and learn something of the Lord. So just three things I want to consider with you tonight, we don't have very much time in prayer meetings, so uh, just three things which I want to consider. First of all, the purpose of God, this won't be in, in full because the whole chapter, well, pretty much the whole chapter is about the purpose of God. So that would be a, a long study if we did the whole chapter. Uh, but just very simply uh, concerning the will of God, we see those words there, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, through the will of God. And we see as we read down uh, through this uh, this chapter five, for instance, just to take a verse, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, according to the good pleasure of his will it is the will of God. And that's how the Apostle Paul begins here, this epistle. He begins other epistles in the same way, speaking about God's will, he, he should be an apostle. And not least, and perhaps the greatest of those introductions, is the book of, is the first chapter of Galatians, his introduction in Galatians. In particular, the book of Galatians. And the reason it's the book of Galatians is because in Galatians, he's dealing with uh, Judaizers who are seeking to take people away from the grace of God back to the law. And he deals with the law. I remember in the, um, the third chapter, he talks about uh, the, the works of the law. And he, in the fourth chapter, he talks about the, uh, the allegory of Sinai and uh, Agar and Jerusalem. And he's saying about all those things have passed away. We are now in Christ. We are in the grace of God and, and in the joy of the Lord. And so it's very important that he is saying, therefore, as he introduces himself in Galatians, that I'm not here just speaking because men have put me here. I haven't been chosen by men. Uh, it wasn't their ordination that has put me here. It is God himself who has put me here. It is God himself who has spoken to me. And in the first chapter of Galatians, 
he speaks in the second part of that chapter about um, being taught by the Lord directly. Verse 12, he says, for I neither received it, that is the gospel, I neither received it of man or from man, neither was I taught it, but by or through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he is saying that he taught, he was taught this by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and not by men. He is not the product of a, of a, a college or a university or um, a, a sermon or a meeting somewhere where he has been taught by others. These are the words which God has given to him himself. In the second chapter, he goes to see what uh, Peter is preaching. Not so that he can find out what he needs to preach, but to make sure Peter's preaching the right thing. It's quite an amazing statement, really. Um, he, he goes to find out what they're preaching, make sure that they are not uh, walking contrary to God's word, because he has this high authority that Jesus Christ himself has taught him. So in Galatians 1.1, we read Paul, an apostle, not of men, not from men, neither by or through men. So he is not an apostle of men or from men. He is not a man, a man who has been sent forth by men. Uh, he hasn't come through men either. He's not been taught by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So he makes that particular point there because he's going to be dealing with uh, Judaism and he's going to be dealing with the teaching of other men. And he is saying that my teaching is not a teaching of men. This is the teaching which Jesus Christ gave me himself. And that is why it is authoritative and you need to hear it. So the purpose of God then in Ephesians chapter one is that Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ by or through the will of God. And as we go down that chapter, and I'm not going to go greatly into it because we'll come across it again as we work down this first chapter. Um, but it is the, uh, it, as we just read that fifth verse, according to the good pleasure of his will. Uh, verse nine, also having made known unto us the mystery of his will, and so on. Uh, verse 11, the end of it, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So it's the will of God, and the apostle begins in that way. And the purpose of God is very important in our lives. God has a purpose. The purpose is not just what we often hear from um, common preaching, and that is that God has a, a purpose for your life, that God has something great for you if you will let him work in you. It's not that kind of a purpose. This is a grander purpose. This is the, the whole purpose of creation. This is the purpose of Jesus Christ coming into the world. It's not just choosing the individuals, but it's choosing the individuals to make something which is complete. I explained this to Josiah who's around the house today uh, in this way because he likes to play with Lego uh, and uh, have a Lego model in my in my kitchen uh, in my kitchen in my living room. And I was saying, um, have you seen the Lego box? We've got a box of Lego which is just pieces all all chucked in there, all kinds of pieces. Um, but it's in it's confusion of pieces. You know, it doesn't make anything. It's just pieces, blocks of Lego and, and different kinds and pieces uh, from all kinds of places. But the model is complete. The model has been put together and every piece is in its proper place. And that is what God is doing. He's building his kingdom. And we look sometimes at the, that it seems to be a confusion because lots of the pieces are still in the box. God is still working in this world, but lots of the pieces are still in the box. There are pieces yet to go in. There is a completion yet to go on. And it's not until the thing is complete 
that the whole thing works perfectly uh, because it is that intricate. The purpose of God is very important. We need to keep that in view in our lives that we recognize that not everything is yet in place, but what is in place is perfectly set. The second thing we see then in these two verses is the people of God, because he says to the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Uh, the saints, the word for saints is, is the gracious ones or the recipients of grace. Uh, it's not the saints of the Roman Catholic Church where somebody uh, has uh, done a miracle according to what they accept as miracles and that they are beatified to make them saints. Paul's writing to saints. The, the saints were alive. He wasn't writing to dead people. They are not saints uh, only who have gone before us. Some of them are, of course, uh, but that's the teaching of Rome. But we are we are saints if we are the recipients of God's grace. If God has shown us grace, we are saints. Uh, we are already saints, as someone has said. You know, we often uh, bemoan be our condition as sinners, that we are sinners saved by grace. And yet perhaps we should spend more time realizing that we are not sinners, but we are saints. We are saints saved by grace. Because God has made us saints, because God has turned us into saints, converted us to be saints in Christ Jesus. So the people who are spoken to here are the saints, those who are the recipients of grace. And it's on a little from that. It says, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So this epistle is not limited to the saints at Ephesus. It is to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And that's us. Uh, we are they who have faith in Christ Jesus. We are full of faith in Christ Jesus because without faith, there is no salvation. Without faith, we cannot please God. And so we are the faithful in Christ Jesus. And Paul is writing to us as much as he is to the Ephesians. Perhaps he doesn't uh, visualize so far down, down the ages. I'm sure he doesn't. I'm not sure that he thought that it would be another 2,000 years uh, before the, the Lord came again, or perhaps more, we don't know when the Lord will return. But uh, uh, if we don't have a vision of what's going to happen in 100 years' time and what it will be like then, I'm sure he had no idea what 2,000 years would be like. But nevertheless, using these words, the Spirit of God has moved him to address us all, the people of God. In First Corinthians in chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So again, those who are sanctified, separated in Christ Jesus, called, and this goes back to the will of God again, doesn't it? God called us. My, uh, my sheep hear my voice, Jesus says, and I know them, and they follow me. We are the people of God. Again, how important that is, especially in a prayer meeting when we are coming to talk to the Lord, to know that we are his people and that uh, because we are his people, he hears us and he hears us always. Remember what Jesus said when he prayed and he said, I know that thou hearest me always. Well, there are many times when we feel that the Lord doesn't hear us, but of course he hears us. He hears and sees all things. There is nothing which is amiss, nothing missed. But sometimes uh, because God doesn't do what we have asked him to do, we think that he is not hearing, but he is hearing and our prayers are kept before him and he will answer uh, according to the purpose of his will. 
And then thirdly, the peace of God. And here it speaks in verse two, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's important as well, peace. Um, obviously, it speaks about grace there. We've already mentioned something of the grace of God, but a part of the grace of God is the peace which the Lord has given to us. Um, in Romans 14, 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not meat and drink. And what's he saying there? Well, he's saying it's not the the, the the um, kingdom of God is not this world. It's not the church, you know, us gathered together. It's not the building of the church. It's not the gathering of the, of the congregation of the church. The, the, the church itself is spiritual. It's not the physical things that are going on around us. It is a spiritual thing. And righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost is the kingdom of God. We uh, enjoy that peace, peace with God and peace among ourselves we should all be in peace Colossians 3 15 let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful that the peace of God rule in your hearts and he's speaking to a congregation of people and we should be at peace peace amongst ourselves we should be walking together in peace things should not be troubling us in Christ Again, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, these are all, of course, the uh, epistles of the Apostle Paul. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, the God of peace. So we are called to peace. Uh, we have spoken of the peace of God, that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And remember those words, we saw them before in 1 Corinthians 1, 2 to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, bring this unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting he uses that terminology of God, isn't it? That the Lord says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Why the God of peace? Why not the God of grace? Why not the God of love? Um, why not the God of power or authority? Why peace? And what is it? What is the connection between the God of peace and sanctification? Because the sanctification brings us into more and more peace, peace with each other and peace with the Lord. And then in 2 Corinthians 3, 16, we read now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Again, Paul speaks about this peace which should rule in our hearts. And the peace of God rule in your hearts. And in Colossians 3.15, we read a moment ago, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Sometimes we don't. As soon as we start feeling peaceful, we think, oh, I must, must be wrong because I'm feeling peaceful. And we go around looking for something which is going to upset us. Um, Carol, in her, what she's got wrong with her at the moment, I said to her, it's probably my fault because... I've said to the Lord in the past, well, my life's been, you know, very good. And the Lord's blessed me with health and strength and uh, supplied all our needs. We've never been rich, but we've always had what we wanted and what we needed. Um, and, you know, why has it been so good? Uh, and the doubts come in that maybe this is, this is the reward and that uh, perhaps I'm not saved and perhaps uh, 
uh, my reward is just because I've tried to serve him. This is all there is. And I need some trouble in my life. <laughs> well, that's a mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so, you know, sometimes we, we go around looking for trouble, don't we? We seek trouble just because we feel better if there's some trouble because, you know, we're to suffer with him. And if we're not suffering, something's wrong. You know, we've perhaps heard that uh, you know, the Lord has not called us to a bed of roses. And if we're in a bed of roses, then we're not in the right place. We're in the wrong bed. Uh, we've called to a path, which is a narrow path, a rugged path, a difficult path. And if it's easy, it's not the right road. It's a wide road. And so all these things can come to trouble us. But the Lord himself should give us peace. And the apostles' prayer is to the Thessalonians. And now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. By all means, the Lord be with you all. What was their trouble? Well, their trouble was that people were dying and the Lord hadn't come back again yet. And so they were troubling themselves about this. But the Lord said, the, the apostle says that you might have peace. In 2 Timothy 2.22, we read, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Follow peace. We are seeking to have peace among ourselves and there's a very telling word as well i think from first corinthians 7 15 where it says but if this is concerning a husband and wife and one be in the lords and one not be in the lords and it says but if the unbelieving depart let him depart a brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases but god has called us to peace god has that's, that's very telling words isn't it if if your husband or wife leaves you because you're a Christian, God has called you to peace. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Don't, don't be troubled that, that perhaps you're in the wrong and, and all those things. God has called us to peace. And that is something which is troubling, isn't it? It is something troubling in this world. It really covers a multitude of things in this world which might go wrong in our lives. But the Lord has called us to peace. Trust in him. Look to him. Walk with him. He is the God of peace who will sanctify us. He is, the, he is the one who gives us peace, that it might rule in our hearts, and that we are uh, the, the saints of God, sanctified unto the Lord. And the Lord is with us if we are walking with him. If we are his, we are walking with him. You know, sometimes we don't feel like we are. But that is the, the devil's lie, because the more we feel we're not, the less we are. Because then we begin to, to doubt ourselves. We doubt that the Lord is with us. We doubt that we're with him. We doubt that he is us. We doubt we're walking the right path. And, and all these doubts, of course, are not faith, are they? And as David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear us. It will not hear me. Then uh, if we regard doubts, we're not coming in faith. So we need this vision of who God is, that God is good, that God is gracious, that God has a plan, that God has called us into that plan, that God knew us before he saved us, God knew not only who we were, but who we would be, God knew not just the sins that we had committed, but the sins that we would yet commit, and as I've asked the Lord in the past, you know, why, why me, why me, a chosen, well, you must have known who I was and what I was, and yet you chose me anyway, so I don't know why, but the Lord is, has his own purposes and calls us according to the purpose of his own will. Therefore, if the Lord has called us, let's press on towards him. 
walk with him, learn of him, let the peace of God rule in our hearts and enjoy Jesus Christ and the Lord of glory. May the Lord bless us tonight as we uh, come before him in prayer. Let's do so with faith, uh, nothing wavering, and let's seek the Lord for his help in these days. Amen. We're going to come to prayer. Let's see if I can stop this thing from recording anymore. Uh, stop the